Blog Talk Radio. It's Saturday, May 14th, 2016, and you are tuned in to another edition of The Missy Show, where your premier source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay, and unfortunately, once again, our lovely co-host, Dee, won't be able to join us. Right now, she's still caught up in an ongoing work project, and that's keeping her pretty busy. Um, She does send her love and apologies and really hopes to be free to join us next week. So we're sending some good energy your way, Dee. We miss you, and we hope to have you back soon. It's just not the same without you, but, hey, I'm going to do my best not to bore everybody and ramble, although it's kind of hard when you're solo. Okay. Um, I also want to just take a moment um, to wish my niece, Lynn, I call her Lindsay, I want to take a moment out to wish Lindsay a happy 13th birthday. I hope you have a wonderful day and many more. And Auntie is very sorry that she wasn't able to make it over there today to see you, but I will be over there first thing in the morning with your birthday gift. So I just had to put that out there. So I hope you have a great day, Lindsay, and I will see you tomorrow. Okay, today's topic is uncommon animal companions or odd animal couples. We'll be taking a look at animals that you wouldn't normally think of as getting along or being friends, but yet somehow they manage to do so. So just tune, just stay tuned for that. But as usual, before we get started with the topic, I just want to make sure that I give out the answers to yesterday's pet trivia question. Okay, the first question was, what areas on a dog's body sweat? Okay, keep in mind that contrary to popular belief, Dogs do sweat. I thought I'd read that they didn't, but according to this site, they do sweat, but only in this area. Okay? Thought about that one a little bit? Okay, so here's the answer. The answer is dogs only sweat under the bottoms of their feet, but the only way they discharge heat is through panting. So, because I'd always heard the panting thing, and I know Dee and I, we did another show about that, and I can't remember if we talked about them sweating under the bottoms of their feet, but I knew that they discharge heat through panting because I think cats do that too. But um, they do sweat under the bottoms of their feet, but that's the only part. Okay, the next question is also doggy related. And this question is, how fast are most domestic dogs capable of running? So this is just most of them, and this is what they're capable of. So not not true of all dogs, but just most of them. Okay, the answer is up to 19 miles per hour when running at full speed. So that's pretty fast. I think that's faster than we can go. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what how um, what speed the fastest human can go. But for dogs. Um, Average speed is about up to 19 miles per hour. Okay, today's answers were provided courtesy of Veterinary Pet Insurance, a nationwide company. The link to that website will be provided after the show. If you got today's answers correct, you're one smart puppy. Check out this Friday's blog post for next week's pet trivia questions at she'sautority.blogspot.com. 
And I think most of you guys may know how to spell She's Authority by now, but for those of you who may be new listeners, She's Authority is S-H-E-S-A-T-O-R-T-I-E. So that's She's Authority blogspot.com. That's where you can check out all of our blog entries on Blogger. If you would like to join in today's conversation, you can call us at 347-838-8313 or listen later in the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's a tory. There's that word again. Um, and for those of you who don't know, of course, that refers to Missy because she is a Tory. That's the type of cat she is, which is a type of calico. Okay, links from information used in today's episode can be found after the show on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missy.show44 or on our Twitter page at twitter.com forward slash missyshow. And don't forget to stay in touch on our Missy Show webpage, which is still fairly new. I told you guys about it last week. But that website is themissyshow.weebly.com. And Weebly is spelled W-E-E-D-L-Y. So it's themissyshow.weebly.com. Okay, so now on to Uncommon Animal Companions. Okay, so I know you guys probably remember when we mentioned the unlikely friendship that formed between Baloo the bear, Shere Khan the tiger, and Leo the lion. And that was on our Pet Topics Your Way episode, and I think that aired back in March. So w- once we mentioned that, because that show wasn't about that, but that was just one of the um, pet topics that we were talking about, it got us to thinking about other unlikely animal friendships which in turn led us to do today's episode. So let's begin our journey into the land of strange animal friendships by introducing Bella the dog and Tara the elephant. And I'm going to apologize ahead of time. Sometimes it's kind of hard when I don't have D on here because for some reason when I'm the only one talking, I find that my voice starts to give out for whatever reason. So excuse me if my voice sounds a little bit wobbly and stuff. I'm just trying to pace myself. I think I may need to do breathing exercises like singers do or something, but it's just like I start to try to lose my voice. So bear with me. So we're going to talk about this odd animal couple, and this story is actually on abcnews.go.com. Okay. Come on. I'm on my tablet, so bear with me. Okay. The title is, Elephant and dog become best buddies. So the um, the cool thing is you'll be able to see the pictures once I post it, you know, but you can see this dog. He looks like he's white, um, yeah, white or cream colored, and he's, like, running next to his elephant friend. And you can just see the size difference, and it's just, like, crazy. But, okay, this is what they say. If bonds were based on size, these two wouldn't even be acquaintances. But somehow Bella, a 30-pound dog, and Tara, a four-ton Asian elephant, have become the best of friends since meeting in 2005. So, yeah, you do the math. You kind of think about that size difference of 30-pound dog, four-ton Asian elephant. So, yeah, you, you you can picture that. Okay. They are close. They're always together. They play together. They talk. They sleep. They eat everything together says Carol Buckley, founder of the Elephant Sanctuary in 
Hohenwall, Tennessee. Sorry, um, Hohenwall, if I butchered your name, that city name. But I, that's how it looks like it's pronounced. Okay, so one day while exploring property near their sanctuary, Buckley and her partner, Scott Blaze, came across a white chow mix that appeared to have a bizarre fascination with big pieces of equipment such as tractors. Okay, so we see where this is going. The two brought her home and watched as that attraction extended to the hulking creatures at their park, including one in particular, Tara the elephant. Elephants are incredibly careful around their young, even when they're running and a baby is running around and running around in and around their legs. Family members never trip over a baby. Um, they never nick the baby. They never step on the baby. So I never was concerned for Tara and Bella. In 2007, when an injury partially paralyzed Bella and forced her indoors, that's that, Tara held a vigil outside her window and called to her until caretakers brought her outside. Bella's injury eventually healed, and the two now roam the refuge together again. It's 24-7. It's a very long, it's a very loving and compassionate relationship they have that Buckley they play together, and they never want to be separated. So that's cool. I mean, that, that really is an unlikely um, set of companions. You wouldn't think an elephant and a dog would work, but we've got some a bit more awkward than that, so um, stay tuned. Let me go to – I have another one, but I'm going to try to alternate between shorter ones and longer ones, and that kind of may help my voice a little bit more. This other one – Okay, this this really tickles me because you can't really appreciate it without seeing the picture. But this one is on boardpanda.com, and it's number six on the list, and it's Mabel the Chicken and the Puppies. But it's not so much that it's a picture of a chicken uh, or a hen or whatever sitting in a basket on top of the puppies. I mean, it, that that's just cuteness, and that's funny enough, but it's the picture under that one where I guess this is the guy who owns them or whatever, and it's just his expression as he's sitting at the table, and he just has this um this look on his face where it's just like he's observing them, but it's sort of an expression of how did this happen? How did we get here but it's 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 fascination mixed with almost a bit like he wants to laugh, too. And I don't know if he was just sort of posing for the picture, but he's just sort of looking at the chicken and the puppies in the basket together. But it, it's just his um, his facial expression that's funny to me. But this one's short. Um, they just say, after being saved, pot due to a foot injury, Mabel found a new wonder when she was moved into her owner's home. Puppies. For some reason, the year-old hen has taken to roosting on the puppies and keeping them warm while their mother prefers the yard. Go figure. Well, um, I guess you could say that works out for everybody. Their mom wants to go outside and play, and Mabel likes sitting on them, I guess, as though she would her chicks. So she feels like she's keeping them warm, and Mr. Man here is just sort of observing them as it's it's interesting. I'll just let you see it. I like his haircut, though. Um, let me go to another shorter one. This is on the same web page. And I love cats. I adore cats. This cat is just gorgeous. It's a white cat. 
But this one's odd because you wouldn't think that a cat and a fox would be friends. But this one, this one's really short, and they don't really know much about them, but they have some adorable pictures of them. Um, This curious pair was spotted playing by fishermen on the shore of Lake Van in Turkey. Not much is known beyond the fact that they're very cute and very playful. And it's they are playing together, and you can see on the bottom picture that the cat how cats do, and they like to rub their heads on you know the person they're loving on, or in this case another animal. And and it's just like the fox has its chin on top of the cat's head, and the cat's eyes are closed, and they're just very cute. They're 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 adorable. So that's that's cool. And cats just have a special place in my heart anyway. So, um, oh gosh, this picture is so cute, but. This is still on that same web website, and this kind of um, ties in a little bit to what we were talking about just a few weeks ago when we did our show, Finding a Balance for Boars, because this is actually a wild boar piglet, and they are so cute. They are so cute. It's hard to believe that they grow up to kind of have such a destructive nature on, um, you know, certain wildlife and everything, but, hey, you know, they're trying to survive. But this one is a baby one, and you can see the little stripes on him and, and his little furry coat, and he's so cute. And his name is Manny. It's Manny the Wild Boar Piglet and Candy the, the, ah, Candy the Dog. So you have pictures of them, and they're just, like, running and playing. And they're about the same size right now. It's like the um, boar is a baby and the dog is a puppy, and they're running together. And it says that Manny, the wild boar piglet, was found starving in a field in southwest Germany and brought home by the Dahlhaus family. And maybe actually pronounced Dahlhaus. I, I don't know. It's D-A-H-L-H-A-U-S. So Dahl, I'll say Dahlhaus family. Um, when he was introduced to their Jack Russell Terrier candy, the two immediately hit it off. Since last we heard, Manny is recovering well and will either stay with his family or move to a wildlife park. So that would be pretty cool. I guess if you had one wild boar as a pet, that probably wouldn't be a problem because you could, you know, have them kind of, not isolated, but you could have them their own, like, patch of area where they can dig and, you know, do the things that wild boars like to do. Give them lots of acorns and stuff. So um, you got to see Manny, the wild boar piglet, and Candy. They're they're really cute. They're they're adorable. And it's like with each of these stories, they have like about three pictures each. Okay, but now I'm going to jump back over here to abcgo.com. This one, I hate that they didn't have a picture for this one, but I thought this was very interesting. This one's really odd, but um, this one's about this one's entitled. African predator adopts her prey. Okay, it says, in one of the most extreme examples of odd animal pairing, a lioness in Kenya adopted a baby antelope. We all know that doesn't happen. Uh, um, This happened in 2001. Um, Conservationists were dumbfounded as to why the lion, a top African predator, would care for its own prey. I couldn't believe my ears when I first heard about the adoption. I just thought that's absolute nonsense. Give it a few hours and that lioness will definitely eat the calf, said Saba Douglas Hamilton, a conservationist with Nairobi, Kenya-based Save the Elephants. The lioness was dubbed 
Okay, we're going to try this. The lioness was dubbed Kamuniak, which means blessed one in the local Samburu language. She wouldn't let the young oryx out of her sight. It was very it was very moving to watch, said Douglas Hamilton, but the situation was deadly for both. Caught at opposite ends of the food chain, neither would eat while they were together. The lion wouldn't hunt and the young calf had no way to get milk. Douglas Hamilton said she and others thought the lion had experienced some sort of trauma that clicked a switch in her brain and caused her to see baby instead of food when she looked after the oryx. For weeks, the pair traveled the wilderness together, but the relationship was not meant to last. Oh, no, tears. Um, one day while drinking by the river, Kamuniak let the oryx out of her sight for a few seconds, and another lion leapt out of the bushes and attacked the baby. Kamuniak was clearly terrified of the male lion, but she acted exactly like a mother losing her cub. She couldn't leave the scene, said Douglas Hamilton. But the very next day, the lioness went out and killed an impala and fed herself. So that was good. She was able to go out and hunt again. But this is the crazy part. I didn't expect them to say this. Um, she went on to adopt five more oryx cows. So, because I thought they were going to say that maybe she started, like, killing them and stuff, but she adopted five more, though none of the relationships lasted as long as the first. Um, it was really charming to see them together. It was like something out of a fairy tale, and there was a real sort of intimacy between them. It was really strange, but then again, we developed strong, intimate relationships with our pets, which are different species, said Hamilton, said Douglas Hamilton. We do it. Why can't lions? And you know what? That's an interesting point because actually we do because I guess technically you would think that people and dogs or people and cats shouldn't because we are different species, but yet we're obviously, you know, uh, those of us who have pets, we are we have a special bond with those animals. So why can't it happen between animals, which obviously we're seeing all of this evidence that it does happen. Um, there was another one on this one. Yeah, this one, this one was interesting too, and they actually have a picture of this one. This involves a tortoise and an abandoned hippo. Okay, it says, after a tsunami washed away his herd and stranded him, a young hippo found himself a most unusual ally, a 130-year-old tortoise. The 2004 tsunami that devastated Indonesia also hit the eastern shores of Kenya, and after the storm left Owen, a small hippo, all alone. Conservationists found a home for him in Tower Park, an animal sanctuary in Mombasa, Kenya. They hoped that he could be a companion for a female hippo whose previous companion had died. But before they could introduce him to the other adult hippos, which can be aggressive and territorial, they wanted to give him a quiet place of his own to adjust. And it was there that he met his buddy, Maisie? I don't know, it's M-Z-E-E. I'm just going to say Maisie. He met his buddy Maisie, an Aldabra giant tortoise, whose name means old man in Swahili. Yeah, I guess your name would be old man if you're 130, but that's pretty cool, though. Okay, he ran straight for the tortoise, said Sabine Bayer, of Lafarge Ego Systems, which manages Haller Park. The color is somehow similar, like a hippo color. 
It was somehow round-shaped, though he must have associated it with an adult hippo and his mother and his family. And actually, if you see the picture of them, they are very similar in color. So I guess I could see that maybe. At first, it was Owen who made the friendly overtures, but after a while, Maisie appeared to warm up to the heavy-set hippo. Their story sounds vaguely familiar, and I apologize if we have mentioned them before because this may have been one that Dee talked about because they, they sound very familiar to me. Um, but after a while, when you've read so many different animal stories, I guess some of it starts to run together. Okay, um, they slept together and ate together and even appeared to cuddle together. Owen would nuzzle Maisie's foot when he wanted to eat, and Maisie would nibble Owen's tail to steer him. Maisie taught him to eat the cut leaves. He taught him to eat carrots. So for us, it was an absolute blessing to have that relationship to help us raise Owen, said Ayer. But though the pair became even closer and quite famous, inspiring a website and children's book, yeah, that sounds very familiar. I think Dee talked about this. Bayer and others worried that as Owen grew, he would put his smaller friend at risk. So they decided it was time to move Owen into an enclosure with Cleo, the female hippo who had been waiting for him. Yeah, that makes sense because hippos actually do get very, very big. Um, at first, the two eyed each other with suspicion, but it wasn't long before it seemed as though Cleo slowly replaced Maisie in Owen's heart. And occupied with a new tortoise companion of his own, Maisie didn't seem to mind at all. They became inseparable like Owen used to be with Maisie, and now they are together, living together happily ever after. That's pretty cool. So they're a cute couple, too. So it's Maisie and Owen. I just like Owen. Owen the hippo, that's cute. Let me see. Oh, that's so cute. They, they have a picture of an orangutan and a dog. Oh, orangutan and hound dog become best buds. Um, this one says one was an outgoing orangutan, the other an underfed stray dog. But since the moment they met, Celia, Celia and Roscoe have become inseparable or have been inseparable. Um Blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Another really hard name. I don't want to attempt here. Uh, let's see. As soon as Soraya saw Roscoe, he ran over to him and started playing. After a few unsuccessful phone calls to find an owner, Ample decided to let Roscoe stay. Um, that was one of the people's names there, but I didn't attempt the first name because I just, yeah, that's going to be too hard. Um, no, you know what? I'm going to try it. Bhagavan, Bhagavan, founder of the Institute of Greatly Endangered and Rare Species in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Okay, let's see. Okay, now the pair has a ball frolicking around the park. For a few hours each day, they swim or roll around in the glass, in the grass. Soraya will even grab Roscoe's leash and take him for walks around the enclosure. To me, they seem like long-lost friends. They will make you believe in reincarnation. And they're so cute. The orangutan is, is like he has his hand on Roscoe, and Roscoe's like laying on the ground, just like taking in the love. Oh, they're so cute. They even have a video on here that you can click of them too. And they're actually the first ones that you'll come to on this site. I'm going to – there's another site too. This one doesn't have any words to it, but it has a lot of cool pictures. And I think I'm going to um, 
I'll post a link for this one, too. This is on BuzzFeed, and this article is entitled 45 Adorable Animal. Let's see, part of it's cut off. But anyway, um, okay, here it is, 45 Adorable Animal Odd Couples. So, I mean, these pictures are just uber cute, but I won't just try to do them injustice by trying to sit here and describe them all. Oh, wow, a turtle riding a crocodile's back. It's interesting, but I guess they're both in the reptile family, I think. Although the turtle is an amphibian. Okay, we're not going to go there. We're not going to try that. Sorry if I sound dumb. Okay, we're not going to do that. But um, I'm going to post that on there, 45 Adorable Animal Odd Couples, and that's on BuzzFeed. Well, these pictures are really cute. So if you're kind of just feeling down or something, you know, these are just so heartwarming. You can't help but smile about it. Um, I'm going to go back to my shorter article, you have to see Casey the Cheetah and Matani the Labrador. I, I I used to didn't pay as much attention to cheetahs, like I said, and I think I had them as my feature pet, and I used to just think they were kind of weird looking. I never thought they were ugly, but it's just their bone structure just kind of made them weird looking to me, but I think they're just adorable, and the cheetah babies are so, so cute. But you have to see the pictures of Casey the Cheetah and Matani the Labrador. And Casey and Matani were raised together at Bush Gardens in the U.S. Um, during their youth, their unusual friendship was a treat to watch. As he grew into adolescence, however, Casey began drifting away from Matani and becoming more interested in the female cheetahs in the next 10. While Casey now spends more time with other cheetahs, the two are still good friends and often visit schools and other places together. So what's cool about this one is they show them when um, Casey's just a baby cheetah and Matani is a puppy, and then they have the bottom picture where they're now adults, and and that's cool, and they're just kind of like rubbing up against each other, and you can just see the love between them. I so wish we as human beings could just get the memo. That, That would be so cool. But it's a lot of other cool animal pictures on here. It's just like it's hard to pick which one to go to next, but I'm going to be sure to post all of these for you guys. Um, I just wanted to let you all know, just to remind you once again, that um, next week we are going to be on at a special time of 10 p.m. Central for Wild Animals as Pets. That's going to be our episode, Wild Animals as Pets, Is It Worth the Risk? I know what my answer is going to be, but of course, of course, we have to, you know, that's what we do. We have to look into it and kind of explore the psychology behind that of what motivates people to want to have a wild animal as a pet, you know, and we already know that some of these situations end in tragedy. So hopefully Dee will be back with us and we can explore that together. But we're going to be on at the special time of 10 p.m. Central. Then, as I mentioned, I think before, uh, we'll be taking a one-week break, and we will return on June 4th. So we won't air on May 28th, so we'll have our show May 21st next week at 10 p.m. Then we'll take a break on May 28th, and we will return on June 4th at our normal time of 5 p.m. Central, and that episode is going to be entitled Rainy Day Pet Activities. So that's kind of interesting because you do want to know some things that you could do for your pet while you um, – while, you know, the weather's really bad and you can't really let them go outside. So we have that for kids. Why not have it for our pets? 
Okay, so here here's my just little closing statement on today's episode. You know, I, it just sounds like we can learn a lesson, you know, from these special animals. I just feel like, you know, we as human beings, we need to be more compassionate. We could stand to be um, more kind and more considerate and respectful of each other's differences. And I know that's easier said than done. But that's my takeaway from this. If animals can do it, I know we can do it too. So I think that's something we should strive for. So won't get all preachy, but just keep that in mind. And I just wanted to thank you guys for listening, and I hope you enjoy your weekend. And I'm actually finishing on time without the music getting cut off or without me getting cut off. So I just want to wish you guys a great weekend, and I will see you in the blogosphere sometime next week, and I will see you at 10 p.m. Central for another edition of The Misty Show. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.